You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 157. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I am the host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, a fiduciary, a wealth advisor, and a Dave Ramsey SmartVestor Pro. It is great to be with you today. And today's topic is end of year planning. But before we get to the topic of the day, my, oh my, what is happening? Why does the stock market seem to be going up and up and up? You know, on the one hand, we have a pandemic on our hands and there are businesses not operating right now because of the pandemic. Also, We have fighting going on, which seems to be more than I've ever seen before between Democrats and Republicans. So it's hard for me to believe that people are going to compromise and get things done in Washington anytime soon. Yet the stock market keeps going up. Why? Well, the stock market is forward thinking, usually about six months in advance. Stock market has a pretty good idea what's happening in the here and now. And the here and now isn't great. But if we fast forward six months from now and we have a vaccine that is trustworthy and people actually take it, well, we might get back to some sort of normalcy come summertime or after summertime six months in advance. So the stock market is like, we might be full system go six months from now, and therefore the stock market is going up. I mean, if you've been paying attention this quarter, the S&P 500 is up about 9% for the quarter. But one thing I want you to keep in mind is or a question that I have for you is, are you staying disciplined, not only staying in the stock market when things are uncertain, but are you staying disciplined in your lanes, in each asset class that you should be in according to your investment policy statement? And if you don't have an investment policy statement, I want you to run over to Best in Wealth dot com and click on the work with me button. Does that mean you have to work with me? No, but you can set up a 15 minute call just to see if I can add some value to your life. And in one area is with an investment policy statement, because if we have one, we're more likely to stay disciplined. And what I've been seeing with a lot of people in their 401ks and some do-it-yourself investors is because the S&P 500, which is the largest 500 companies, that is the asset class that has been doing the very best if we look year to date. 
and mostly because of a few companies like Apple, like Amazon, and those kinds of companies. Facebook, it's a few companies driving the S&P 500. So for a lot of people, if they have a concentrated, large growth fund in their portfolio and their 401k or even a sector fund concentrating on this technology, well, it's going to look super good this year. And so after the first six months in the year, people got into more tilting and getting out of things like small companies and value companies in order to try and capture some of this return that's been happening in the S&P 500 and other concentrated technology funds. Well, guess what? That is chasing the hot dot. That is not staying disciplined in your investments. And if we just look at what's happening this quarter, I told you already, stock market is up over 9% S&P 500. However, some of these other asset classes that have been doing poorly through this year so far, mainly things like small value, well, that's up 27% this quarter. Small companies up 21, large value up 17%. So do these asset classes still have a ways to go? But what if you were in them at the beginning of the year and decided to start chasing the hot dot and got out? You missed out on all of this recovery in these asset classes. That's why it's so important to stay disciplined and have an investment policy statement. Now, I'm not advising either that you run right out and get into a bunch of small value funds or small companies or whatever, because I don't know your personal situation. I'm just saying an investment policy statement will keep you disciplined through the good times and the bad times, not only in the stock market, but in all of these asset classes. Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. End of the year planning. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I want to just touch on five major areas that you should be looking at at the end of the year. And these areas are asset and debt issues, tax planning issues, cash flow issues, insurance planning issues, and estate planning issues. Now, I have a big, long checklist that I like to go through. I'm not going to touch on every single area that I normally would, but if you go to Best in Wealth and click on this episode, I will include a PDF of a checklist for you that you can download for free and go over this to make sure you're going through everything you need to before the end of the year is up. Because with a lot of this stuff, once the end of the year hits, well, it's too late to plan in some of these areas. And like I tell people, this is the stuff that we can control. Once we have our investment policy statement and we're determined to stay disciplined, we cannot control what happens in the stock market day in and day out. But there are so many other issues that we can control. And that's what this checklist is all about. So go to Best in Wealth, click on episode 158 and download this PDF checklist with all of these issues. 
So I'm going to highlight a few of them in this episode. And the first box is the asset and debt issues. And one of the big things here that I like to look at is, do you have unrealized investment losses? What does this mean? Well, if you have a taxable account and you did some tax loss harvesting earlier this year, now you have some losses generated in this account. And what can you do with these losses? Number one, you can look at where you may have some selling opportunities in this taxable account and offset those losses with gains. And now these gains will not have any taxes. Furthermore, if you carry some losses into the year, you're actually allowed to write off up to $3,000 each year as long as you have these losses and they carry forward. And you can deduct this off of your regular income, $3,000. So if you generated, let's just say, $9,000 of losses in your taxable account when the back in March when the stock market was tumbling, well, now the next three years, if you don't make any other moves in that taxable account, you have a $3,000 deduction the next three years because the loss carries forward and you can use $3,000 each year. A great way to either offset gains or carry forward and offset some taxable income. Now, there's other asset and debt issues I want you to look at when you download this PDF, but that's the big one that I wanted to highlight in the asset and debt issue. Now, the biggest area that you'll find on this PDF is tax planning issues. There's so many things that we can do potentially before the end of the year to save on our taxes. And I'm going to highlight a few of them. And the biggest one is, do you expect your income to increase in the future? So what do I mean by that? Well, a lot of people were victim of the pandemic and lost their jobs, or they got pay cuts, or they were put in furlough, and they're not going to make the kind of money that they normally would make on a normal year. So all of a sudden, their taxable income, maybe yours, is a lot lower than it ever has been. And you expect it to go back up next year because Maybe you own a business and you know business is going to get better, or you found a new job, you're out of job for six months, or whatever. If you're in this situation, and you normally are in a high tax bracket, and this year you're in a lower tax bracket, maybe now is the time to contribute to a Roth IRA, when normally you didn't want to do that because A, you might have been above the limit and you couldn't make the contribution because you were phased out. Or you're in such a high tax bracket that any retirement money was going into tax-deferred IRAs or 401ks. This year might be your year to make a Roth IRA contribution. The other thing to consider is if your tax bracket is much lower this year, this year is a great year to do a Roth conversion. Let's convert some of that tax-deferred money into a Roth IRA in low tax brackets because you didn't make as much money this year. And now we've moved over as much as we can in the lower tax brackets, and that money starts growing tax-free for the rest of your life. This is huge, something that we ought to pay attention to if our income is low and we expect it to go up in the future. 
All right, maybe you didn't lose your job. Maybe you make around the same amount of money this year as you have the last few years. Well, are you on a threshold of a certain tax bracket? Well, what do I mean by that? We live in a progressive tax system. So if you're married, the first $19,750 that you make is taxed at 10%. If you make more than $19,750, and I think most people listening to this podcast do, then you move to the 12% tax bracket. So from $19,750 to $80,250, you're taxed at 12%. You move in then to the 22% bracket, which is a huge jump until you make $171,000, at which time you then move to the 24% bracket until you get to 326,000, and then you move to the 32% bracket. So when I say something like, are you on the threshold of a tax bracket? What I mean by that is, let's say you're a high income earner and you make, you have taxable income of $350,000. Well, between that 326,000 threshold of the 24% all the way up to your 350,000, you're going to go from 24% to 32%. How do we get out of that 32% bracket? That's being on the threshold of a bracket. So if you have not exhausted any tax deferred account You want to, to get under that 32% bracket, to get out of that threshold, which means have you fully funded your HSA? Have you fully funded your 401k? Those are just two examples of getting out of that higher tax bracket. And it's not just for high income earners. If you're on the threshold of going from the 12% bracket to the 22% bracket, you can make these same maneuvers, provided you have money to do so. If we're just over a threshold, let's get under the threshold. Other tax planning issues is, are you charitably inclined and want to reduce your taxes? Remember, the CARES Act allows us this year $300 of a tax deduction from your income from charitable giving. If you remember, we have a large standard deduction now. For most Americans, it's tough to itemize now and we fall within the standard deduction and charitable contributions count within the standard deduction. But this year with the CARES Act that was passed earlier this year, $300 at least can get deducted, even if you still claim the standard deduction. Other tax planning issues? Do you own a business? If you do, get to bestinwealth.com, download the PDF to make sure that you're taking advantage of every tax opportunity in this checklist. All right, the third area that we need to look at things we need to consider before the end of the year are cash flow issues. And one of the big things here is, are you able to save more? And if you are, let's make sure that we're filling up all the things that are going to help us save money on our taxes. A few of these I've already mentioned in HSA. Do you have a high deductible healthcare plan with an HSA attached? If you do, Remember, as a family, you can contribute $7,100. 
So if your employer is contributing, let's just say $3,100, don't stop there. Contribute the extra $4,000 and get that deduction. And if you're 55 or older, you now can contribute an extra $1,000 a year. So $8,100 for a family. If your employer has a retirement plan, like a 401k or a 403b, you may be able to save more, but please consult your plan provider to see if you can make a big contribution. Normally, in a 401k, that contribution has to come from your check. So if you have a bloated savings account and your 401k plan allows you to contribute 100% of your 401k or of your pay, well, you may want to do that and then just grab from your savings to spend in this last month if you got a couple of more checks coming. Remember, the maximum salary deferral this year is 19500 but if you turned 50 at any point in time this year, you can contribute an extra $6,500 this year. A lot of different things we can do to reduce taxes from a cash flow perspective. Two more areas I want you to look at in end of year issues. The first is insurance planning issues. So in insurance, a big one is the flexible spending account. Do you have one? And if so, have you depleted it? Because at the end of the year, with a couple of exceptions, you will lose that money if you don't spend it. So consider some of the options that you might have from the employer, which means some companies allow up to $550 of unused FSA funds to be rolled into the following year. So if your balance is, you know, 550 or less, you don't have to worry about running out and buying new sunglasses, prescription sunglasses to use up this money because it will roll over, but make sure your plan allows for it. And other plans allow a grace period up to March 15th of the following year to spend unused FSA money. Make sure you know your FSA rules because plans are different. The other big thing in insurance planning issues is, did you meet your health care or your health insurance plan's annual deductible? Or at the end of the year, did you meet that deductible? And if you have, do you need to get anything done before the end of the year? Now, it's probably too late to schedule a knee replacement surgery, but that's just one example. If you've met your deductible, you're in a high deductible plan, it's going to be a heck of a lot cheaper to have some sort of procedure done now than it will be in January when you have to start paying that deductible again. Make sense? All right. The last area that I wanted to cover is estate planning issues. So one of the big things that you look at in estate planning issues is is to check your beneficiaries each and every year. Things change. You may have had a baby. You may have gotten a fight with your daughter and want to take her off. You may want to check your will and make sure that your personal representatives are the people you still want or the people that you want to take care of your kids should you pass away or the people that you want as your person taking care of your money in case you die with your financial power of attorney. Look at all of those selections and make sure that it's still exactly the way you want it. And if it is, great. But if it's not, let's make those changes now. And remember, when it comes to estate planning issues, if you're making a whole bunch of money and your net worth is growing and you want to think about 
giving away some of the money now. Because remember, you can give gifts up to the annual exclusion amount of $15,000 per donee, all gift tax free. So we have a really high watermark in order to have to pay federal estate taxes. In fact, I'm just giving round numbers, but you get about a $12 million exemption. And if you're married, you get portability and it goes up to $24 million. However, a couple of things you need to consider. One, the government could change that law anytime they want to, and it could really lower that amount, which could throw you into federal estate tax when you pass away. And number two, as you start getting older, and you know you're not going to spend all of the money inside of your portfolio, and you're going to be giving money to your kids, wouldn't you want to see the joy in their eyes as you maybe start 529 plans for your grandkids or start giving money to your kids while you're still living? Now you can actually see the work that you've done in your kids with the gifts that you provide instead of once you die, they get your money anyway. So there you go. There are just a few of the issues that you should consider before the end of the year. I gave examples of asset and debt issues, tax planning issues, cash flow issues, insurance planning issues, and estate planning issues. And I'll tell you one more time, these are the things, my friend, that we can control. There's so much in life that we can't control. Man, I'd like to control a lot of things, and I can't. And one thing is my investments. I can control my discipline, but I can't control what the stock market's going to do. But what I can control are these other planning issues that a lot of people don't pay attention to. They're too worried about their investments, the things they can't do anything about. But oh yeah, like I said at the beginning of the show, they do things. They chase the hot dot. They move from mutual fund to mutual fund, asset class to asset class, and they end up underperforming where they should because they didn't stay disciplined. When instead, investment policy statement. Once you have that and live by it, then you can rest easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but you can rest easy. And now you pay attention to all of these other things that you can actually control. You can control saving money on taxes. You can control your estate planning. You can control your cash flow issues, your budgeting. These are things you can. You can keep your estate planning up to date when most people, most family stewards, don't even have estate planning documents yet. But you're different because you listen to this podcast. You are a true family steward and you get things done. Again, go to Best in Wealth, download the checklist and follow it because this is all the time I have for today, but it was great spending time with you. I'll see you again in two weeks. I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, everyone. The best.
Best in Wealth podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.